You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This. And today we talk with Tom Breeze, YouTube ads expert and personal friend of mine. If you've ever wondered how to successfully run YouTube ads, even with a small or non-existent subscriber base, then we've got you covered. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Today, we're going to be talking to Tom Breeze, who is a very close personal friend of mine, but also is an expert when it comes to YouTube ads. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be here, buddy. How are things? Yeah, good. Very good. So I'm going to jump right in because you've made a name for yourself as someone that understands YouTube ads and uh, your model of doing it blows me away because, you know, essentially, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, but but you'll put your own money into your clients' ads to make them grow, right? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So the way that we do business is we work on a CPA basis, which means that when we work with clients, we're much more invested. So they'll pay us on a results-based format. So it might be a cost per lead or a cost per sale model. And we will go and fund the advertising clients pay us for results. So there's so many benefits to it doing it that way. Client feels like it's zero risk, which there kind of is. Uh, zero risk for them. But it also means that we have this ability to go and test and go and explore different avenues without having to pay with client money. We can do it ourselves, but then we learn so much that we can apply to everybody else. So it gives us a huge advantage as well um, for our growth of our agency. I think this is like one of the most amazing psychological hacks in the world. And it's one of the reasons that I wanted to sort of like lead with this, because we're always thinking as a CEO, as a business owner, how can we hack our own psychology to get better? And what you did is you solved one of the biggest problems that I believe most agency-based businesses have, which is people just don't believe they're the real deal. And the agency's problem is that they want to, you know, explore and, and test new ideas, but they're using the client's money. And you made all that go away by saying, basically, I'm so good at running YouTube ads that if I believe in your product, I'm going to spend my own money to test things and grow it and be results-based because I know this is going to work. Well, do you know what? The really interesting thing is because I think that's definitely a standpoint we started with. Like, I kind of fell into CPA like deals with clients through coming out the back of an SEO company. We lost some rankings on Google and YouTube with some of our clients. And immediately, I was like, Oh my God, what do I do? And so I started spending my own money to try and get results for them. And I knew the advertising game really well. So... I kind of fell into it by out of pure stress and worry about clients leaving <laughs> that I, uh, I ended up doing it. And then I said to the clients, are those leads working? Are they buying stuff? Are they making you money? They're like, man, it's working really well. And so we had the conversation. I was like, well, I can carry on if you like. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, how much do you want to pay for these leads? And they're like, well, I'll give you $10. I was like, yeah, that works for us. Um, <laughs> we less than $10. And I was like, I'm just happy to keep the client right now. That's all I was caring about. But I realized that through that process, Two things happened. One is that you end up in a much closer relationship with the client because you're so much more invested, but you're doing it like a team. So they're not treating you like an agency any longer. They're treating you like a partner, which is a big difference because if I want to go and do something, the client's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Whereas if it's an agency, there's a 
relationship where it's almost feels like the client says to the agency, right, you do this. This is how I want you to run the account. Here's your margins and here's what you need to work on. Whereas when it's a partnership, it's like, hey, we're going to do this together. Does that sound cool? And it feels so much better. My team love working with our clients, which is cool. But the other thing is, is that I kind of, it's like a bit of an NLP technique. It's like, I just future paced it anyway. So if you imagine if you're working with somebody and it's working, then everyone's happy and you can move forwards and, and it's working really, really well. If it doesn't work out, then it normally fizzles out after 30 days, 60 days as an agency anyway. It doesn't matter what the pricing model is. Whatever way it's going to work, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So you might lose a little bit more money when it doesn't work out because you've invested your time and your energy and your money to try and get results. But if you're clever about which clients you want to take on, then you end up realizing that if it's going to work out, I get paid better and I have a better client relationship than if it didn't work out. But but I've got a much better future with that client as well. So whichever way you look at it, you're going to end up working with the client or not. You just got a different perspective on it. And the, and the wins and the losses are, are better for you um, in that respect. So I feel like it's actually, whilst it sounds more risky, it's actually less risk in my head. Um, I feel like it's just, we've got to get results anyway. So we might as well be paid really well for results as opposed to being paid a monthly fee for it. Now, what I love about this, and this is like, you know, one of the psychology hacks that I try and tell people, it's almost all of your best successes will come from a failure because, you know, the mother of all invention is necessity. And you needed to do this in order to solve the other problem that you had in your business with the SEO clients disappearing. But that need, I believe, generated a model for agency work that's better than almost any other ad agency I've ever heard of. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think that the that is that kind of is born out of that absolute necessity, as you say, to drive results and and almost like have to work out the best way forward at that time. And so you start becoming a lot more resourceful. And we have it like on a daily basis in some respects. Like when I'm working with the team, we don't get like results aren't the sort of thing where it's like you plug it in and on day one it works really well and it doesn't. You don't need to tweak it again. <laughs> There's a lot of work that goes into what we do. Yeah. But when we do do it, like we're not always getting great results every single time. And so we need to work on it. We need to work out different ways of making it work. And so on almost like a daily basis, we're having that need to have to get better results. And so we're always trying to work out new strategies, new approaches, but that's kind of part and parcel of being an agency. But I do feel like as a YouTube ad agency, there's not that many people doing it. So it feels like I haven't, I can't lean on other people and say, Hey, what are you guys doing? Um, <laughs> and how are you getting results? It's like, we're out here by ourselves. Like we feel like pioneers, but that feels like we also get all the arrows in our backs and <laughs> we don't have that kind of potential to easily uh, lean on other people to help us out. But that's, I think I thrive on that as well. I think that kind of what pushes me every day is that we're working stuff out for ourselves. I love this. So there's going to be people listening to this. And I think, you know, there's two main things that I'd like to tackle with you at this point. The first is you're a family man. You've got a new child on the way. How do you balance being the CEO, running this big agency with, you know, by your own words, with partners, like you view your clients as partners. So in many ways, you run multiple businesses, just uh, you run one aspect of them. But how do you balance that with being a fan man? How do you, you know, do you get work at home? What does it look like? It's really tough, that one, you know, like we, I still feel like I'm working that bit out. So I desperately want to spend as much time as I can with my kids. And so I'm lucky enough to be able to wake up in the morning, decide when I go to work and all that sort of good stuff because most of my clients are US based. So most of my calls, if I do have calls with clients, will start after lunch and then it all kind of go into the evening. So I know my mornings I spend with my kids getting them up, having breakfast, spending a good two hours with them and then walking them to school. And I love that. That's like, 
that's my my part of the day that I feel like I'm I'm dedicating to them. And then weekends are sacrosanct, are purely for the kids. So that's like what they get. And then in the evenings, normally I'm working. Um, so I kind of I am a, a wager in that time, but I just have pure dedication. I used to be very much the sort of dad that was would be half present. So I feel like I was there, but I was checking Facebook or Messenger or emails every now and again. Now that's all stopped. I turn off phone completely. I just dedicate my time and attention to that. And that was kind of off the back of a book called Essentialism. And that book like changed me big time. Just do the the hell yeses. Just do those things ridiculously well. Everything else that's kind of like, "Eh, I'm not too just that's a no, definitely. So it's just prioritizing and saying what I'm actually going to work on and clear away everything else and get really good at saying no which I'm terrible at still because I'm British and uh, <laughs> need to please everybody. But uh, there is that kind of like attention to what I'm doing at that moment in time. So it's, I can very easily shut off things in my mind. Um, so it's like, right, if I'm with the kids, nothing else matters. Like I'm with them unless I need to be at the office. Like, but then it's like a full 180. I'm definitely on the, on the work stuff. So I can separate my mind sometimes and have like work mind and have a kind of family mind but I'm dedicated to those times when I'm there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Actually, it's funny. In our, We have a program called Launchpad where we help CEOs develop and become better. And you're describing one of the key modules, which is time blocking, where we get people to divide up their day in blocks. And a block, when you're working on that block, you're only working on that thing. And some of those blocks are for family, but you're only working on family during that moment. So you know, it's really divided up clearly. So you know, like between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m., is just for family or what have you. And you'll divide up the day like that. Yeah, exactly. And and, and also I, I try and not beat myself up about it as well. Like sometimes my business does need more time and sometimes my family needs more time. And so I kind of break the rules slightly every now and again, but it's important I do that because I need to make sure that I've got that. I don't beat myself up about not being there one morning or something or kind of going away on a business trip and not being around for a little while. I think it's important to let the kids know that I'm not always there as well. They've got to find, fend for themselves sometimes. They've got their mum, obviously. Just like let them fight it out in the living room. Survival of the fittest. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they're growing up quickly. <laughs> yeah. Just, one of them prefers to use a trident and a net to get their point across. It actually yeah. sounds like my kids. Um, okay. So let's get into YouTube. Let's show off for a bit. How big in terms of like subscribe account would be like one of your bigger clients if you were, you know, just brag just a little bit. Okay. So, um, we've got a couple of clients with over a million subscribers and I mean, we don't really judge it based on that. We normally judge it based on spend and growth of that kind of clients and that type of thing. I mean, we're apparently, I never, I'm never too sure about whether to say this or not, but I'll say it with confidence on a podcast. That's always works out well, doesn't it? Totally. Um, <laughs> according to Google, we are the highest spending performance-based YouTube ad agency worldwide. So we spend a bit and we oversee a lot of spend as well. So I think that um, we're overseeing about $100,000 worth of spend a day across our agency clients. And also some, we do some consulting for some clients as well. And uh, so, yeah, so we're, we got our fingers in lots of ad accounts, working on things all the time. And, uh, and that's growing all the time. And then, yeah, I suppose we... I don't think there's many ad YouTube ad people out there that are doing it purely on performance-based and also doing focus on direct response. Like we just purely focus on generating leads and sales at profit and at scale. So that's what we do, but we're not the sort of client that would be looking to get brand awareness ads out there. This is much more about results focused. I love that. I absolutely love that. And actually, you know, people don't realize just how often direct response ads are used. Um, one of my favorites is uh, I work very closely 
with a number of direct response people. Uh, in fact, the guy that created the George Foreman grill is a close person, a friend of mine. And, um, GoPro video cameras were launched as direct response as well. Um, so if people don't realize that there's a lot of, uh, Ron Lynch. Yeah, there we go. exactly. Ron Lynch. Yeah. He's a really good friend of mine. So yeah, the, it's funny how that works. So I'm curious. Let's just say there was somebody listening to this right now who has never used YouTube ads before. They've got a, a little bit of a business going, you know, maybe someone with a, a local business, you know, maybe a, a mortgage broker or something. And they're listening to this and they're like, wow, you know, I love the idea of using YouTube ads, but I've got no idea what I would do. How would I go about doing this? And, uh, you know, and let's just say there was a view that they wanted to come and hire you to help them out. What steps would they have to do? Should they start their YouTube channel before talking to you? Should they have something in place first? Should they come to you first? What's the right way to go about this? Yeah, good question. So I think that the first thing with any business is just to make sure you've got some vehicle to turn leads into sales that works, like tried and tested. It's kind of working well because before you turn on advertising, you want to make sure that you've got a scenario whereby you've got the ads or whatever ads you're going to turn on. It's going to it's going to put traffic at a particular page that's going to turn those people into kind of opt-ins or turn them into customers, depending on what the product is or the service you're providing. Make sure you've got some sort of funnel in place that can is able to do that and it does it well. That's kind of like number one. The great thing about YouTube ads is you don't need a big subscriber base or a big channel or anything like that. Like most of our clients will start up new channels and just start from zero subscribers. And we actually run the ads as unlisted ads. So no one can even find them on YouTube, it's like hidden away, but they, you can still run them as ads. So you don't need to have a presence on YouTube yet, but you do need to create a really, really good video. And that'll come down to a couple of things, really. One is that you want to make sure that you know who your audience is, like what's the custom avatar. So is it not only is it male, female, age range, that type of thing, but also a really big part of YouTube is search. So what are they actually looking for? Like what do they want to know? Do they want to do, they want to do something? Like are they watching how to videos or do they want to buy something? Are they reviewing products or something? Think about what your customers are actually going to YouTube for. And once you've got a real clear idea of that and you know there's an audience there, like I would type that into YouTube and just see the videos that are there, make sure there's good view counts, like over 10,000 views per video on average when you look down the search results. If you've got that data in front of you, like, okay, my customers are going to YouTube. They're typing this type of stuff up. It looks like lots of other people are doing the same thing. Now's the time when you say, okay, YouTube might be a really viable audience, like way of targeting for me. Mm-hmm. So then once you know who those people are and what they actually want, like what they're searching for, it becomes a lot easier to start creating really specific ads for them. And I would be really specific with who you want to run an ad to and what your messaging needs to be. But, um, a lot of that will come down to things like not only the communication, but it's things like the claim, like what can you claim that your product or your service can actually do for people? And how do you back that up with testimonials or? reviews, show people how you do it. So maybe there's a a three-step process to getting results and make sure you kind of really focus on their problems and solving those problems. If you kind of build all of that in and then build a bit of your credibility in there as well, along with a really good call to action, all those pieces of a video should just lead towards that offer that you've got for people, whether it be something for free, whether it be something for paid, get that kind of real attention to that video make sure you know exactly what you're going to say to who and then start running your ads in such a way where you're targeting them based on their search terms or the videos they're watching. If you start there, YouTube can work incredibly well for you and it just gets the ball rolling. You can get your 100 leads a day coming through and then you can start growing from there. So let me just uh, let me just make sure I got this right. So the idea is they're going to make this initial video 
that has all of the elements that you mentioned from like explaining what the process is, showing the testimonials, that kind of thing. And then they're not running that as an ad, they're running ads to that video. Uh, okay, so that's actually a really interesting point. So I would have said the former, so you can actually create that ad and run that ad as a video. So the video would be about two minutes in length with a link to the website at the end of that video. So that would run as a YouTube ad. And you're probably familiar with the YouTube ads, which is like the pre-roll ad where you yeah. go onto YouTube, you press play on one video and then an ad pops up. That's the kind of ad that we're running. The what's used to be called the most annoying ad in the world. We're running those ads. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it's a two minute pre-roll. So people are having to choose to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Well, here's the great thing about that, right? So with YouTube, you pay when someone either clicks to go to your website or when they watch past 30 seconds or if they get to the end of the video. Now, this means if someone watches like 29 seconds of your two minute video and then thinks, ah, do you know what? This isn't for me. Skip ad. It won't cost you a penny. So you're only really going to be spending money on people that are super engaged in what you have to say because 30 seconds worth of video content is a long time. Like as soon as you start that messaging with people, they're going to, and they're watching for more than 30 seconds, you've got their attention, kind of listening to what you have to say. So if you've targeted your audience in the right way and you have a really compelling message and you have a really good call to action, normally what we're looking to do is try and get your click-through rates, which is the number of people that click from the number of people that see your ad load, which is an impression, to be around about 2%. If you can get it 2% or more, you've got a really strong video ad that can really help you scale. And of course, you've got to make sure the rest of the website works. That's why I say get a funnel that actually converts. But um, if you have a video ad like that and you have good targeting, then yeah, you should be getting really good results. But um, you can then use that video, whatever you create for your YouTube ad, you can use it on your website if you wish to. You can use it on Facebook. You can, like, the video is just a really effective way of communicating. And we have formulas that like, like ad scripts formulas that we use to make them work really, really well. But I would say like the best thing you can do is make sure that that experience for people is such that it's relevant and it's compelling. That's the most two important things. I love this. And I think what I love about that is there's so many people that are like creating thousands and thousands of videos hoping that one of them will be the lucky ad that works. Whereas what you've got is, you know, a formula step by step, do this. And you're really just talking about making one good video. The, do you know what is amazing about this is that exactly that, like we create one, but we'll probably shoot it in two or three ways just to kind of give it a bit of potential to maybe like if an intro, we want to split test a couple of intros, we'll just run a couple of intros once we do the shoot on the day, for example. But, um, I can't stand it, especially as a CPA agency when we're doing performance-based stuff to go and create like a hundred videos and see which one works. That's really expensive work. <laughs> so <laughs> I sat in front of my computer screen. I mean, for on and off about 18 months, just doing mathematics, just going through and being like, right, how did that ad perform and why did it perform well? And but just looking purely at the maths of the situation and saying, right, well, what was the view rate? Like how many people were watching past 30 seconds? How many people decided to click? When we worked it all out, there was actually a structure to the scripts that was like, okay, cool. When it has these elements, it tends to work better. And if we, if we split test how we put these elements together, then that works even better as well. So we started making this formula and we kind of like, we moved from a process of what we call educate, uh, which is like an acronym for a video script to now more of a duct tape process. And really what we're doing is we're saying, here's the most effective way of communicating and then adding in the testimonials or case studies or showing someone use the products live in front of you. And so it means that as a viewer, you're compelled to be like, I've got this problem. This is one of the solutions, but it's been presented to me in such a way where I can't 
deny that that result is ridiculously good. Maybe I should just click and find out more about it. And that's kind of the, the message we need to have for people. And then the magic really comes through when you're really concentrating on the viewers, what I call like the status being that if we understand exactly where they're at right now and where they want to be, it's not just about like desired state and like problem state. We're more looking at like, what's the transformation for somebody and who will they become that they can associate with that will make them feel amazing. So we've just been doing this with a guitar client. And yes, you could say, well, when people type in things like how to play guitar, they might want to look for a new strategy or a new way of playing guitar to, to play better. And through a lot of analysis from their audience and all this sort of thing, we we're realizing that, well, a lot of them just want to play guitar to have fun because they know they're not going to become Jimi Hendrix in their lifetime. So we can let that dream go, but we can just like play and have fun and, and play how we, we wanted to when we first picked up the guitar, not how we were taught by our guitar tutor. And we felt like guilty because we haven't progressed quick enough or something. But then it was not about even the fun of playing the guitar. It's being in a group of other people that you can enjoy your time with and feel like I have now the confidence and I can call myself a guitar player and I feel confident enough to call myself a guitar player because I can stand in front of my family and play a song or I can stand, I can go to the bar and play a song live in front of a mini crowd or whatever that is mini goal is for you. I have a community supporting you to get to that, like beyond that journey. And that's what it is for a lot of people. It's just that ability to say, do you know what? I'm a guitar player. I might not be the best in the world, but I feel confident myself to say that. And I enjoy playing the guitar. And that's a bigger message to have within your ad. And if you can get that kind of infil- like filtered into your ad itself, it's so much more compelling. And you realize you're tapping into something that's much more um, psychologically attractive to people as opposed to just saying, here's a new strategy you can learn. That, that works, but it's better to have a big status change for people where they can view themselves as a different person as a result of doing this training that you're providing to them. It reminds me of a, a good friend of mine used to work as a salesperson for Aston Martin. And he said, no one ever comes to Aston Martin to buy a car. Everyone comes to Aston Martin because they want to be James Bond. <laughs> that is exactly right. Yeah. And it's amazing how people, like we, we as ad writers, um, we feel like we like, hijack some of that ability sometimes. So you can be really, really compelling with your messaging. If you know that that's what they want, say, for example, they're buying an Aston Martin, they want to become James Bond. Then you think, right, well, they know they're not James Bond just yet, but they could be in their heads. But now they will be so much more likely to behave in a way that James Bond would behave if you asked them to. And if that behavior that James Bond does is aligns itself with your call to action, then you can make them do, you can be so compelling in your call to action because you're almost like saying, well, what would James do? In, in this instance, in, uh, in this instance, James Bond would click that link and go and buy this product. Now I'm being very, very like, <laughs> I'm being very overt with it. But really what I'm saying is like, you can start to borrow the traits of the people that people want to become and saying, you should start behaving like those people now and their behavior would be such to do this. And that's that is favorable such, to your, like your- such a good psychological hack for ad writing. I just want to, I want to, I want to make this really clear for everyone listens to this because this is killer. So essentially what you're saying is, who does my audience wish to become? Not what skill do they want to have, not what trick do they want to learn, but who do they want to become? And then show them that your product will help them become that person and then ask them, what would that person do? That person would obviously already own our product and they would buy it. (laughs) Pretty much. That's exactly it. Yeah. So like, for example, if I'm selling YouTube ads, like if we had a YouTube ads course, I'm selling it. I'm like, like professional ad buyers know to take action at the right time 
when it makes sense to. They're making a logical decision, but also they know to go on their gut sometimes as well. Because that, that's the truth, right? That ad buyers need to like look at data and be like, I can't analyze absolutely everything. I'm not sure how the algorithm is going to work, but I can make a gut decision here I can feel confident in. And I'm taking a little bit of a risk, but it's, I've got to take action. I've got to be moving forwards all the time. Now, that trait lends itself perfectly to someone who's thinking about buying my course, for example, because I can say, look, if you want to be a true ad buyer, then you need to know when to make decisions that are right for you. If you can't make a decision right now, that's completely cool, but you're probably not an ad buyer. I mean, I wouldn't say it quite like that. But you, but you, you could. <laughs> yeah, but you could. Yeah, for sure. And so it's almost like saying, if you want to become an ad buyer, you need to make decisions which make you buy things like this and further your education. And do you know what I mean? So you're, you're kind of... Yeah, all ad buyers have taken a course in ad sales, like in advertising creation. They've all done it. <laughs> exactly, right? And so you're, yeah, you're letting them know who they want to become and how they would act if they were that person right now. That is like, yeah, one of the best psychological hacks for advertising I could ever imagine, Tom. That was absolutely killer. So I know somebody's going to be listening to this right now and they're going to be like, okay, you know what? I want to hire Tom Breeze's company. I want Tom to be my partner and, and help me have success with my YouTube ads. What do they have to do? How does somebody do that? How does somebody contact you or sign up? Because obviously you can't just take everyone because that's not how your business model works. So how does it work? So the way to do it is, uh, so on our site, which is viewability.co.uk, we have like an application form. So you can literally just fill in a few details, get in touch, and then we have a qualification process just to go through what your numbers look like, what you're promoting, whether we think there's a good fit on YouTube, there's a good audience, all these types of things. And um, once we do that, we have like an internal meeting, we review it, and then we let you know if we think we can work with you or not. And give you guidance of what to do if we can't. But then if we can, we partner up and we work in the very best way we can. That's yeah, absolutely incredible. Now, I know, uh, I know you haven't done anything too much with it, but you kind of gave me a little bit of a golden egg before the start of this. And uh, I find that people that, you know, listen to podcasts, they tend to be really down to read a book or two. And you made a book and didn't tell anyone, Tom. <laughs> That's exactly how I do things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, uh, so yeah, so I wrote the book called Viewability. And it's, it's basically like how to start advertising on YouTube in the most effective way possible. And it really focuses on starting with the user in mind. So understanding where your customers are, what they're thinking about, where you can intercept them on YouTube with the perfect message, how to build your campaigns in the right way. And basically just getting started and getting the first few results with YouTube. So yeah, you can get that on Amazon on both .com and .co.uk. So yeah, Viewability is the book. And um, you can also get it from our website, which is viewability.co.uk. So I, I love this. So um, I want to share with you something now because we haven't spoken for a little bit, but I wanted uh, I want to share something. When we first met, we challenged each other. Do you remember this? To grow YouTube channels. So for everyone listening, there were three of us and Tom had decided he was going to grow a YouTube channel using ads and I was going to grow it organically. And it's been just over a year. And we did say we were going to touch back in a year and see how we'd done. So. I know we kind of both forgot about it really and moved on. And so no hate if you haven't done it, but I stuck with my YouTube channel that we started that day. Yeah. And we're about to cross 2 million views, not 2 million subscribers, but 2 million views. And we're, thanks. Yeah. We're at 25,000 subscribers purely organically. Man, you win big time. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's good. I was, I was curious, but yeah. And it was, uh, it was just using the same model. So for everyone listening, we both sat down in a room and we were outlining our strategies. Now, 
I will say that I suspect your channel has made a lot more money than ours during that time. So let's, uh, d- depends on how you define win, because obviously that's what you're all about. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been focusing purely on client stuff more recently. So, or up until recently. So we haven't had, had the time to put onto our own stuff, but, uh, that is all changing. So. If we uh, have another call in another year's time, then uh, I'd like to see where we are at compared to you, but uh, we'll give it a go. I'm down for Challenge 2. It's so funny. I, uh, we started the channel with, uh, you know, let's give it a go and see what happens. Obviously with you, we, we were, you know, that was our demonstration. We were like, hey, this is how fast we can build an organic channel. And we just had it as a side project and we kind of forgot about it, but we kept, you know, kept it ticking over. And then uh, it started growing, like the organic wave kicked off. We had a few videos that racked up over 100,000 views. And so, um, so yeah, we've been, uh, we've been pushing it. So it's still going. It's fun. Good man. Yeah. I love it. Tom, I, I want to say thank you so much for, you know, for coming aboard and taking the time to do this. If there was one psychological hack that you could give somebody, somebody to, to help them be more successful or to take the leap into doing YouTube ads or to balance their home life, what would it be? What would be like your one big top secret Tom Breeze psychological hack? The one big takeaway. I think that what I would focus on and something that served me ridiculously well is sitting with the question of how do I make this work? So you know what you want to happen and you know why you want it. You know, that it's like the conscious decision, like this is what I want. And even though you don't have the answer to how it's going to come together just yet, sit with that for a little while and let your brain work on it because it's amazing when people just give it a bit of time, give it a bit of attention. The how comes to you over time. And then once you've got that, you can start making much, much bigger steps forward. So just sit with Hal for a while. Tom, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come and join us. We really appreciate it here. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.